Hi everyone, we're back for uh, another weekly update, uh, this time from uh, Hong Kong. And the special guest today is uh, Ryan X. Charles of uh, yours. I'm sure lots of you know his uh, videos on his channel. Check him out. I'll make sure to put a link in the description. Like He has lots of fantastic videos describing what's going on in the Bitcoin space. And actually, uh, his videos are what inspired me to start making these videos. So thank you for that. All right. So, well, thank you very much. Yeah. yeah. Glad I could uh, inspire you for that. Yeah, you definitely did. And uh, we're in Hong Kong today. We just finished the CoinGeek conference uh, yesterday and another full day of Bitcoin stuff uh, all day today as well, which was, which was great. And uh, yeah. yeah. We have a list of things we can talk about that happened in the last week. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, you know, the big thing is a CoinGate conference, but maybe, maybe we can start with the thing I was most excited about. It's funny. Of course, I gave a presentation. You talked. I was most excited about Purse.io because they had a number of announcements that were really interesting, like accepting Bitcoin Cash, or they're going to accept it. They launched a new product called Bcash. Uh, which Everybody's is, been so excited about Bcash for quite a while, so it's finally here, everybody. Yeah, so. it's like we've been, we've seen so much discussion about Bcash. Here they are launching their. It's, so Bcash is a fork of Bitcoin for Bitcoin Cash. So it's an implementation. It's a full implementation. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's really useful, actually. At our business, we'll probably actually use it because it's potentially useful for people like us. Uh, also, they announced they've actually been paying their employees in Bitcoin Cash by default since, since December. December. Yeah, it's a while now. So we're we're in May, right? The middle of May now, and uh, I think that's fantastic. And that just shows like what a great, committed company Purse.io is. It's one of the businesses that I've been the most excited about in the Bitcoin space for a long, long time, because it actually like for the, anybody that knows me, you'll know that I'm a libertarian. And if you don't know me now, you know I'm a libertarian. And one of the things that has me the most excited about Bitcoin is how it brings more individual economic freedom to people all over the world. That's what motivated me to get inside, excited about Bitcoin and involved with Bitcoin. I love Purse.io so much is because it gives all the people who aren't libertarians a reason to start using Bitcoin. They can save 20% on Amazon by using Bitcoin Cash. If you're a libertarian, you'll want to use Bitcoin Cash anyhow. If you're not a libertarian, you'll want to use Bitcoin Cash because you can save 20% on Amazon. That's a big deal, and that's a big deal for everyone. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So it's a real-world use case. It's it's not just a real-world use case. It's it's really really useful for people that you know uh, you know to to you know actually buy stuff on Amazon with Bitcoin Cash. It's a huge deal. This is something that uh, you know we at yours.org we're trying to get people to earn you know Bitcoin Cash on the internet. This is a great way for people to actually use their Bitcoin Cash, and these are people that. You know, are definitely not necessarily libertarian. They're people that are just, just want to people save money. out there in the world, and it's a real-world use case. It's a way for them to be introduced to this technology, uh, and in just a completely practical way. Yeah. So, yeah. Even socialists want to save money when it's their own money. <laughs> so, so first.io. If you haven't used it already, please check it out. It's absolutely fantastic, and uh, and make sure to tell your friends about it too. Yeah. So. Well, what, what was your story about your experience opening up your first.io wallet oh, recently? Yeah. So. Um, well, I, I didn't know it until you told me just a few minutes ago, but uh, apparently you heard from one of the Purse guys that I was one of their biggest users on the website. And it's true. I loved Purse. I was ordering all sorts of stuff and I was using it to, to order networking equipment actually at a discount and then reselling it to other network equipment dealers in the past on there. And, and I loved it. And then I hadn't, when the fees became high and Bitcoin Core became not useful for payments, I, I stopped using Purse because it was too big of a headache and I didn't want to deal with Bitcoin Core anymore. And uh, so I logged in recently to see, see if I had any money in the account and uh, apparently I wiped out their hot wallet. I had uh, five Bitcoins sitting on purse.io that I, I withdrew. This is maybe a week ago now and converted them all to Bitcoin Cash and I'm looking forward to spending them as Bitcoin Cash on purse.io here. Uh, and I think they said their beta is live now. 
So uh, I think we can probably try it out now. Maybe tomorrow if I have time, I'll start shopping on purse using my uh, Bitcoin Cash again. Yeah, so. all right. All right, that's awesome. Uh, anything else from the conference? I mean, so many things happened. I mean, you know, there were, you know, we, we mentioned, you know, Jihan, for instance. Uh, he had an interesting comment about, uh, you know, somebody asked him, why do you still mine Bitcoin Core? Yeah, that's why do the miners support Bitcoin Core at all? Is yeah. I think what they asked him. Yeah. And he said, is it just like a, some short-term profit play? And his reply was... Yes. He said, yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and that was it. So the guy in the audience answered his own question there. So, yeah, yeah. And I think that's true. So we operate a pool on, on pool.bitcoin.com too. And we see like a, most of our users, they select the option to mine whichever coin is most profitable. And like some miners have a philosophical preference, but uh, most of them just like say, yeah, mine, mine whatever is going to make me the most money. Yeah. And I guess that's true uh, all over the world. Yeah. So. Yeah. There's so much else to talk about with the conference. Should we keep talking about the conference yeah, well, or more well, stuff? Let's I mean, ask, now, what, what was your favorite part about the whole conference? Besides purse.io. I mean, because in, in seriousness, good. that was such an important thing. I mean, I think that, uh, well, I love the panel with you and Jihan and Craig. I thought that was great to get thought leaders in the space together up there on stage talking about this stuff. I thought that's really educational. It's the type of thing that's, I, 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 you know, I, I don't know when they're going to upload the videos. I know they're recording it. I hope they make that stuff available. Um, I think that was a really great panel with Jimmy as, as the moderator. Um, I hope that becomes public soon, and that's the type of thing we can show to, to new people. Um, so many other presentations. Uh, well, you gave an excellent presentation. Um, that was, it was sort of motivating Bitcoin Cash. You know, like, uh, I mean, for the same reasons I was excited about Bitcoin since 2011, those are the exact same reasons I'm excited about Bitcoin Cash, because it's a peer-to-peer -peer electronic cash system, yeah. just like in the title of the white paper. And, Sadly, Bitcoin Core isn't anymore, and yeah. uh, I wish the Bitcoin Core people good luck, but I'm not uh, excited about your project any longer. Yeah, so. yeah. And let me just say, there's one, just, uh, so I was really impressed with the conference. It was just really, really well put together. So it was actually a great experience to, uh, you know, the, the whole thing from start to finish before the conference, during and after, and so on. Just a really, really well put together conference. So it's really, I'm looking forward to watching some of the talks I didn't get a chance to watch because I was out of the room, uh, but it was a really excellent conference. It sure was, yeah. Um, okay, so another interesting... And, and I guess one last thing on the conference. Like, if you haven't been to a conference put on by Calvin Ayer, Calvin Ayer knows how to put on a conference. <laughs> and I think you were too tired out uh, last night with the jet lag to make it, but he had an awesome party last night and had a, some awesome events today as well. So uh, yeah. next time Calvin Ayer puts on a conference, which I think is in November in London, I think yes, they said. I think so. so plan. I know it's cold in London in November, but plan to go there. Uh, I'm sure it's going to be an awesome conference in, in London in November put on again by CoinGeek and, and Calvin Ayer. Yeah. All right. Uh, another thing we have here is so Open Bazaar. Uh, they, have a, they have a couple things, but one is that they opened up trading for cryptocurrency on Open Bazaar. This is a huge deal, actually. I mean, that's like a great use case for Open Bazaar. It's a decent. It's a decentralized market that by opening up for trading cryptocurrency, this is like this is actually amazing. I mean, they have a decentralized market for trading crypto. I mean, this is something people have wanted for a long time. It exists now. That's a, that's incredible, actually. Thank you, Open Bazaar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's so I've been really excited about Purse.io for a long time. But Open Bazaar is one of the projects I've been super excited about since I don't know 2012 or 2013 when I first heard about it. And they've made a lot of progress. And yeah, yeah I'm not sure if we've done it yet, but uh, we plan to put all of our merchandise from the Bitcoin.com store, where you're selling shirts and stuff. We want to put all that on on Open Bazaar for Bitcoin Cash, of course. But uh, yeah. The fact, and I, I need to try it out to see how it works, but the fact that you can buy and sell cryptocurrencies on Open Bazaar, 
that seems like a pretty powerful. Yeah, I mean, tool. it's a, it's a, because it's decentralized. I mean, this is this is sort of it's potentially, and I, I haven't tried it myself, so I can't speak to Exactly, it's like you you can't stop this new financial system, right? I mean, this is amazing that people will be able to trade, you know, crypto assets in a in an uncensorable way on the internet now. So it's a pretty big deal. Sounds exciting. All right. Um, another thing, of uh, of course, uh, I. Gave a presentation about the money button yesterday. Yeah, let's talk about the money button. So I'm excited about the money button, but the money button expert is sitting right here next to me, Charles. So tell yeah. us about the money button. Yeah, please. yeah. So uh, we so we launched a prototype. Today's Saturday, and it was two days ago on Thursday that we launched a prototype, and I talked about it yesterday. The money button is just the idea is look. Uh, so we made yours.org. It's a social network with built-in Bitcoin Cash micropayments, and we had a number of publishers and app developers come to us and say. Your website's really cool. We love the micropayments technology, but we own our existing publication or app. Can you please make an API so we can use the micropayments you know, on our website or app? We're like, oh, that sounds like a good idea. Let's make that. We need to make the money button of the internet, something where you can just press a button and send a micropayment to somebody else that easily. So we just made that available. We call it the money button. It's kind of like the Facebook like button. That's why we call it that. Imagine if Facebook's implemented something like that, where every time you like someone's post on Facebook, uh, it gives them a, a penny or two of Bitcoin Cash. That would be pretty awesome. Exactly, so, exactly. But you already like, have on yours. Uh, on yours. Org. Org. Yeah. So we have that right now, uh, and so we're, we're, the idea is that uh, we're going to make it that easy for anybody to integrate Bitcoin Cash micropayments into anything—a publication or an app. So we have a prototype of that now. We're we're looking for basically anybody that wants to test it right now. It's definitely a prototype. It's not ready for a, uh, sort of a, a large-scale deployment, but it's ready for people to test it. And if you give us feedback, we're going to factor that in over the next two months while we're working with a design firm to launch a, sort of a refined uh, version of it for a mainstream audience in about two months. And I think we'll be putting that on Bitcoin.com shortly, too, I think is, That's is the plan. That's awesome news. So, that would be yeah, really cool. We're looking forward to it. Yeah. So. Okay. Um, we have uh, so the, the pizza anniversary. Yeah. It's on um, May 22nd in just a couple of days. For those that don't know, the uh, the first story of the first purchase ever to have been made with Bitcoin was on May 22nd, 2009, I think, right? So uh, for 10,000 Bitcoins, somebody bought two pizzas. And I think it was some guy in the UK called up a pizza parlor in the US. I should have read the whole story again right before we recorded this. But uh, yeah. Google will be your friend on this issue. Yeah. It was two people far apart in the world. One guy posted online, like, hey, wouldn't it be fun if I could order pizza with my Bitcoins? And somebody else agreed to buy him his pizza for 10,000 Bitcoins, <laughs> which today the value of those 10,000 Bitcoins would be uh, well over uh, $100 million. Did I do the math right there? It would be $100 million. If, yeah, yeah, about $100 million. Over $100 million. Right. There's yeah. all the forks, too. So yeah. they came from those original Bitcoins. Yeah, yeah the Bitcoin yeah. Cash and Bitcoin Core, plus a couple of other ones. I think yeah. somewhere in the ballpark of $100 million today yeah. for two pizzas. But it's worth pointing out that... At the time, two pizzas were worth 10,000 Bitcoins. Today, two pizzas are worth... Uh, Zero point uh, yeah. zero something. <laughs> Quite a bit less. Um, but it's interesting because that was the first, as far as I'm aware, the first economic transaction with Bitcoin, right? I mean, that was the first time somebody bought something with Bitcoin. That's the story. Yeah, so that's it, it's a really remarkable moment, actually. And so, so uh, the anniversary again is here in three days, and uh, lots of people are buying... Uh, Pizzas with Bitcoin Cash on that day. I think someone set up a website at bchpizza.org, I believe it was. Yeah, or, yeah. And so, you'll have to take a look at that. And then I know in Tokyo, one of the very first places to start accepting Bitcoin was a restaurant called the Two Dogs uh, Top Room in Roppongi, and they serve beer and pizza. 
And uh, I think they've pretty much stopped accepting Bitcoin Core at this point. And I know at the last meetup, like everybody there paid in Bitcoin Cash. And on the anniversary of the pizza day, they're offering half off on their pizzas. So if you happen to be in Tokyo, go to the Two Dogs Tap Room for half off on your pizzas on May 22nd, the anniversary of uh, Pizza Day. Yeah, all right. That sounds awesome. And if you're not in Tokyo, come for a visit. We have a super active Bitcoin community. And that actually brings me back to one other thing I want to talk about that's not on the list, but I just remember. Marco Coino, I think is the name. I'm sorry. Marco Coino is an app that's a map of all the places that accept Bitcoin Cash. And you can download it for iPhone or iOS, or, or Android rather. And I see all the physical places that accept Bitcoin Cash near you. And I'm sure you remember, and I know I remember in the early days of Bitcoin, there were all these maps where you can yeah. find the physical places that accept Bitcoin near you. Well, all of that's now happening on top of Bitcoin Cash. And uh, yeah. the Marco Coino, I believe, is the name of it, uh, app, yeah. is there available. I just heard about it for the first time. And not only can you see all the existing places that accept Bitcoin Cash now, you can add places that are already on the map. So if you have a business that accepts Bitcoin, Download the app, and, uh, and of course, when I say Bitcoin, I mean Bitcoin Cash, and add it to the to the Coino Polo app or Marco Coino or something along those lines. You'll have to, we'll you'll have to find a link out. and put it in the video yeah. notes, I guess. All right, that sounds awesome. That'll be really useful, actually. Um, okay, another thing we have is... Uh, had you seen that app yet? or is that- I haven't seen it, but I definitely remember the other ones from the past, which became irrelevant when merchant adoption actually started declining on Bitcoin. So I definitely remember that, and I look forward to trying it out and being able to find the, the ex- merchants near me. Uh, that sounds really cool. I think there were quite a few in San Francisco, on, uh, from what I recall looking at Really? Because like... San Francisco is oddly like lacking in merchants from like a historical point of view. So I know for sure, actually, we'll divert into one other story. Uh, in Santa Clara, California, there's a Korean barbecue restaurant that's owned by a guy who I've been friends with getting old, I think almost exactly 20 years now, 19 or 20 years. And uh, he had initially had a big giant sign in his window said, Bitcoin accepted here. And we had a Bitcoin meetup. This is before the fork. Yeah. Maybe two years ago now. And... Uh, hundred plus people showed up and it was a great meetup there and everybody there was paying Bitcoin for their dinner and there were three Bitcoin core supporters there, Eric Lombroso, Brian Bishop, and Luke Jr. And they were busy arguing with the people at the meetup telling them at a Bitcoin meetup at a restaurant that accepts Bitcoin for payments, they were arguing with all the people there for the Bitcoin meetup telling them not to pay with Bitcoin and that they should be using a credit card instead because Bitcoin isn't good for payments. Yeah. Whereas my friend who owns the restaurant, he wanted people to pay him in Bitcoin. He was loving it. And yeah. Just such a different mentality where they're literally telling people that, not That shows to how the mentality Bitcoin. changed. I mean, that mentality is the exact opposite, of course, of what people were doing early in Bitcoin. I mean, the thought that they you were begging people to use to it. I know, it. yeah. Exactly. I mean, like, it's, that's crazy. And I've heard that, I've heard stories like that from other people. Like, that's absurd that... They think that you shouldn't use it for payments. It's just like, where did that even come from? That's That mentality is only in the past few years that something that the way of thinking exists. So, and I guess I want to add one other last part of that story. So, like, I think I probably disagree on almost everything with Eric Lombroso on the scaling debate. But I want to thank Eric. I came across a picture on, I think, Twitter of somewhere. There's a guy, his user ID online, I think, was Morpheus in Arizona using local Bitcoins. And he was selling Bitcoins to people. And the stupid U.S. federal government decided, oh, you can't sell bitcoins to people. So they decided to arrest this guy. And they're trying to send him to jail for years and years and years for selling bitcoins to other mm-hmm. people on local bitcoins. And uh, thank you to, to Eric. I saw you. You showed up at the courthouse and you were protesting the federal government's prosecution of this bitcoin user 
So I want to thank you for uh, standing up for what's right on, on that uh, respect. Even though I think you're completely wrong on the scaling debate of Bitcoin, uh, you're completely right in the fact that people should be allowed to buy and sell Bitcoins with other people. So yeah. thank you for standing up for what's right on that side of the issue, Eric. Yeah. All right. Um, another one was, so somebody who was trying to use the Lightning Network, uh, I, I think the story is something like they, they loaded some money into their wallet, and they made some payments or something like that, and then they wanted to withdraw, and they were unable to withdraw. Do you know more about the story? I, I read the same story you did. They had like 300 and something dollars tied up in a bunch of different channels, and they weren't able to close the channels to withdraw their money. And maybe someday they'll be able to get all these payment channels working in Lightning Network, but like, it's not even remotely close to being ready for businesses to use in commerce yet, whereas Bitcoin on-chain transactions clearly were. And you had businesses like Microsoft and Dell Computers using it for real-world commerce. Yeah. And instead that all got swept away and yeah. telling people to use something that doesn't even work yet. Yeah. Um, yeah. So really I mean, sad and frustrating. And then just in Hong Kong a couple weeks ago, there was another... Uh, Bitcoin Core supporter who's spent the whole evening talking about the fee market this and Bitcoin Core is great that and let me show you Lightning Network. So I made a little bet with him and uh, I said, let's buy something from one of like the three stores in the entire world that accepts Bitcoin Lightning payments. And he tried to buy $9 worth of stickers from the Blockstream store. And the bet was that if he succeeds in buying them, I'll put on a Blockstream shirt and uh, we can take some photos together. And if the payment fails, He'll put on a Bitcoin Cash shirt and we'll take some photos together. And he tried to buy $9 worth of stickers with his Lightning uh, wallet. Payment failed. So uh, I have some nice photos of him wearing a Bitcoin Cash shirt. And okay. I hope he sees the light someday. Um, Bitcoin yeah. Cash works as cash right now today. Lightning Network, it's a fun science project, but not even remotely ready for use in commerce. Yeah. I, I think that's true. I think Lightning Network is alpha. Um, you know, in my, in my opinion, I've, I've talked about this a lot, actually. I mean, in my opinion, I don't think it will actually ever achieve the level of usability of on-chain payments. We'll see about that. Maybe they'll they'll prove just, me wrong on that. Just the fact that you have to be online all the time to receive a payment, that's kind of a showstopper. Yeah. I think right there. It can yeah. never be as reliable as on-chain transactions. Yeah, just to go back to Open Bazaar actually, this was one of their criticisms because Open Bazaar in the original version of Open Bazaar, it's a decentralized marketplace. Um, you had to be online to have a store on Open Bazaar. And they went way out of their way to eliminate that usability problem so that you could turn your computer off and your store would still be online. And for them, it was like, you know, they can't add Lightning Network in because we'd have to have people keep their computers on and the app open and running all the time to receive a payment. It's just not going to work. It's like an intrinsic usability problem that you can't solve with Lightning Network. It's never going to achieve the same level of usability of on-chain payments. So, right. All right. Um, what about Lighthouse? So Lighthouse was a project started by Mike Hearn originally to like help with crowdsourcing uh, funding for different things, and it was abandoned. Uh, shoot, maybe 2013 or something. It's been a long time now, I think. But it's uh, it's coming back on Bitcoin Cash now, and yeah. uh, it seems to be have quite a bit of active development. There's actually. a little more to that, actually. I don't think it was 2013 because this is actually. The, Lighthouse was really related to Bitcoin XT and Bitcoin 2014 or I don't think it was 2015. Was it that late? It, it, it might have been 2014. I'm okay. not sure. But Mike Hearn created Bitcoin XT right. to add a message to, to be able the peer-to-peer peer protocol yeah. so that Lighthouse would, would work. work. And Bitcoin XT became the first platform that Mike and Gavin used to try to raise the maximum block size. To try to actually make Bitcoin continue to be usable as cash for the world, yeah. So thank yeah. you, Gavin and Mike, by the way. You have uh, my uh, full respect and appreciation for all your efforts. Uh, 
Yeah, in the space. Do, do you know who's who's actually making Lighthouse? Now? Is it is it taken up by some new developers? Or I think something? it's some brand new people. I'd have to check the GitHub repository. I, I know one other thing about that. I know the Bitcoin Cash Fund said they're looking into using Lighthouse as a mechanism to fund projects. So they might be channeling some of their money into Lighthouse projects. So it's it's pretty exciting. We'll see uh, what comes of that. I think it's a really cool idea. Yeah. I agree. All right. Um, there's some news about Twitter restricting Blockstream or something like that. Twitter's re restricting messages about something or other. So there's, I guess, the big, big thing that actually happened a couple of weeks ago, but this is only the third episode ever of the Weekly Report. Uh, so the at Bitcoin account got uh, paused from Twitter or deleted from Twitter, and then some new person had it. It was like... I forget, they were like in Turkey or something and they were tweeting some stuff that wasn't even, they were like, hello world, and like they weren't even tweeting Bitcoin related stuff and then mysteriously yeah. all of a sudden the account was then restored again and like no explanation given and that's yeah. an account that's uh, been, you know, has almost a million followers and it's, you know, big, big home cash supporting uh, account and Jack Dorsey, the CEO of Twitter, is a big investor in Lightning, Lightning Labs, I believe. Lightning and, Labs, I think. Yeah, yeah so... Yeah. So yeah, things that go make you go hmm. Well, it's what you know. What I mean, I, I, I'm going to speculate and say what I think might have happened there. Um, on Twitter, you see a lot of these. Uh, basically, there'll there'll be core trolls, for lack of a better phrase, that hoard report someone as being like violating Twitter's rules. Yeah. And Twitter doesn't have a perfect process for responding to this. So they evidently like a bunch of people reported the at Bitcoin you know, uh, account as being in violation of Twitter's rules and Twitter shut it off. <laughs> which would, and, which, which, which seems totally believable. But the part that seems so strange is how did somebody else, two different accounts seem to have control of it. Yeah. After that or tweeting. It's like, yeah, somebody else registered. I don't know. I mean, I don't, I, I, of course I don't know what actually happened, but it is weird that this is happening at the same time as it's announced that Jack Dorsey invests in lightning labs like it's it's oddly aligned with this, uh, you know. Uh, and Bitcoin Core supporters love censorship, as we've seen time and time. And we don't know if Jack does. Like we hope Jack, and he built Twitter, which has been a platform for a lot of free speech and helped, you know, Arab Spring and all sorts of things. But yeah. more recently, it seems like they've been a, a bit more restrictive as to what's being allowed to be said on. Well, Twitter. yeah, I mean, it, it, let's just segue that, into. Yeah, that's that, a I mean, perfect segue. Yeah, I mean, you know, memo.cash. Blockpress.com. Uh, right? um, we have decentralized Twitter on. Bitcoin Cash now. That's amazing. Yeah, with two up to how many characters now after the upgrade? They're like 220 characters yeah, or something. Which like and Twitter is what at the moment? 240 or something <laughs> yeah, like that? That's competitive with Twitter with the yeah. message size. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got uh, uncensorable Twitter on Bitcoin Cash. That's actually really cool. And yeah, build a following on, on memo.cash and blockpress and And no if you if the memo.cash and blockpress guys are listening to this, like Make your implementations compatible with each other. I think the rest of the world would appreciate that. So uh, yeah, we'd love to see that. And we, we have them on the Bitcoin.com block explorer. You can read the memo.cash uh, tweets or what, what do we call the posts, I guess. And I Memos? Think, yeah, the memo. Oh, yeah. There you go, memos. Yeah. And I think we've done the same for BlockPress. And if we haven't, we, we will shortly. In. But uh, I'd love to see your your protocols be uh, compatible with each other. Yeah, I agree with that. That would be excellent. Uh, it's they're, they're actually pretty similar. It'd be great if they could be aligned and uh, so you can see messages on, on each other. Which brings us to the, to the thing we we almost forgot when we were making the list of things to talk about. Like uh, the Bitcoin cash upgrade happened like yeah. 48 hours ago now or something. That's a pretty big deal. Well, it happened so smoothly that it's actually easy to forget how significant that is actually. I mean... Think about for years, years, 
There was no hard fork on Bitcoin Core. And I said it was impossible. I said it was impossible. I remember when, uh, I remember, and I I don't mean to call this person out individual, but I'm just going to say it because it's true. There's a quote from Matt Corallo, who's a Bitcoin Core developer, who when Bitcoin Core, Bitcoin at the time, was worth about $20 billion in market cap, he said something like, you can't just hard fork a $20 billion system. So let's do it when it's a, what's the 24 billion for Bitcoin exactly. Cash? Like exactly. Like yeah. we just did it on yeah. Bitcoin Cash. It's worth the same amount. Evidently, you actually can just hard fork a 20 plus billion dollar system. Yeah. So if you just, I mean, all you have to do is you update the software, you make sure you communicate this to people that are running nodes and they update their software. It's it's you can do that actually, and it worked flawlessly. And it went yeah, it went so smoothly. We almost forgot to talk about it yeah. when we were compiling the list because just smooth as anything. And then, so let's talk about the things that have been improved. So the part that I'm the most excited about because I've been the most interested in using Bitcoin as cash, right? Is that uh, now Bitcoin Cash has somewhere in the ballpark of about thirty times the transactional throughput capacity of Bitcoin Core. That's a big deal. 30 times the transactional throughput capacity and somewhere in the ballpark of, uh, what, 300 times more capacity than it has right now at the moment because the blocks on on Bitcoin Cash aren't even one megabyte at the moment. But uh, growing quickly because we see things like Purse.io and all these other businesses adopting Bitcoin Cash. In yeah. their businesses, and then uh, you're probably pretty excited about some of these new opcodes that uh, that aren't even new. They used to be on Bitcoin Core, Definitely. and the core developers removed them, but now they're back on Bitcoin. Yeah, Core. we added back some basic opcodes that are really sort of sort of primitive operations that allow that basically just make it way way easier to program almost any smart contract at all. So people ask me like, what? So what are you actually going to do with them? They're so basic, it's actually hard to even say. It's like, well, almost every smart contract that anybody writes moving forward is going to use them. It's just and and uh, sorry, I think it's or and XOR for one, and then catting and splitting streams. And if you've ever written a program before, you've probably used operations like this. So we're we're adding back in things that are really basic. So they're so basic that they'll be used in every single smart contract moving forward. So they're incredibly incredibly useful. Yep. All right. Uh, there's what you wanted to talk about Thailand, right? Uh, oh yeah. Uh, so I we did, we talked about the Hong Kong Calvin Air Bitcoin conference that we just finished. Uh, and right before I was here, I was in, uh, where was I? Bangkok, Thailand for a Thailand startup uh, conference. Uh, tons of Bitcoin stuff there. And almost all of it was happening on Bitcoin Cash. I got to go to the Bitcoin Center Thailand there. They have they were incredibly uh, hospitable and nice and friendly there. Yeah. Um, they have a little uh, Bit Cafe right there at the Bitcoin Center Thailand that's uh, accepting Bitcoin Cash for payments and uh, only one other cryptocurrency as well in addition to Bitcoin Cash. And it wasn't Bitcoin Core. And uh, it was actually Ethereum was the other one. And they, they told me they used to only accept Bitcoin Core. For, they're selling beer and coffee, right? It's like $3 purchases or something like that. Yeah. And they said when the fees became high on Bitcoin Core, we couldn't use it. So they now accept wow. Bitcoin Cash and, and Ethereum Wow. right there. And uh, pretty much everybody there was busy building on top of uh, Bitcoin Cash. And then I went to the actual startup conference with a whole bunch of people there. And we set up probably about 100 people with Bitcoin Cash wallets and gave them each a portion of Bitcoin Cash. And... The excitement was in the air about Bitcoin Cash, and I actually set up uh, the CEO of this Thailand stock market or stock exchange there uh, with a Bitcoin.com wallet and sent her some Bitcoin Cash, and uh, she seemed to be pretty interested in it. I did that for a couple of her aides as well, so it was kind of fun when you get to set up the CEO of a, a national stock market uh, with a Bitcoin Cash wallet. So yeah, that was fun. Yeah, cool. Do you, I guess you use a Bitcoin.com wallet for I that? Did, yep. 
Um, what is there when you introduce new people to that? Like, how do you find that they are able to use it easily? Like, how much effort do you have to do to onboard them, basically? Yeah, so I, I tell them now that it literally takes longer to download the app than it does to start using it. Uh, if you haven't installed our app on a new device recently, you'll be really impressed with how it does. So now the app now downloads, and then it automatically creates a wallet and automatically pops up on the home screen. Uh, I've been asking my developer guys to have it open onto the receive payment screen rather than the home screen for the first time, but they haven't done that yet. But maybe in the next edition. So you have to hit the receive button, and then you're ready to receive payment, and then anybody can scan your, your QR code and send you a payment. So you literally want, from the time you download the app, you have to hit one button in the app to receive a payment. And we're going to get rid of that even one tap to be able to receive a payment uh, in a, a, an edition coming soon where we're... Uh, yeah. There's still some bugs within the app. We're really improving it a lot. We're going to speed up the rate at which you can send the transactions. Uh, uh, I think, uh, and obviously I'm a bit biased because it's our app, but uh, I think we have the best Bitcoin Cash wallet out there right now. Okay. So, All right. Give it a try. Oh, I know what I want to talk about too. It's on the list of free.bitcoin.com. I got my first Bitcoin wallet or my Bitcoin money ever from a Bitcoin faucet by Gavin Andreessen. Yeah. Where'd you get your first Bitcoin ever? I probably got it from the same faucet. Yeah. I mean, I, I I don't remember, but I remember using it that wasn't faucet. It was even a good domain imagine. name, right? Yeah. It's just some random... Well, it's, it makes it so, yeah, it doesn't matter because it's like, wow, okay, so... Because if you have to buy it, there's a big hurdle there. But if you can just get a little bit for free... And see the magic. Yeah. You can start using it right away. You can send it and receive it. It's amazing. You can... Exactly. You see the magic. You can, you can yeah. really experience it. And so that's now impossible to do on Bitcoin Core because the fees are way too high. Uh, you can't even, it's impossible on Bitcoin Core. On Bitcoin Cash, alive and well, free.bitcoin.com. Anyone anywhere in the world can get some free Bitcoin Cash yeah. uh, sent right to your wallet. So uh, anybody who's watching this video probably already has some Bitcoin or Bitcoin Cash at the very least. Um, but share free.bitcoin.com on your social media and like show your friends and family. And yeah. I think it's a great way to spread Bitcoin to, to new people. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I think that covers the list. Uh, you get our whole list? Yeah. So free, share free.bitcoin.com. And I have my little list of things that I want to recover at the end of every single episode just to remind people out there that our Bitcoin, one of the most popular discussion platforms in the entire world for Bitcoin-related stuff, is completely censored. Go on Google and Google our Bitcoin censorship and read some articles by John Block where they document it plain as day. It is a complete echo chamber of censorship on our Bitcoin. So don't believe the opinions you hear there. And then uh, the other thing too, if you like the message we're spreading, uh, please like this video on YouTube, subscribe to the channel so you can get the future updates, and then uh, share this video on your social media because that's the only way, way we have of sharing this message. And you better believe we're going to be posting this on yours.org. Uh, we'll post it on Steemit. We'll post it uh, on our BTC because that one is not censored on Reddit and, uh, of course, Facebook and other places as well. So, yeah. But it's up to all of us to share this sort of media with uh, your friends and family and help them set up Bitcoin wallets and send them some Bitcoin Cash, of course, when I say Bitcoin, I mean the real Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash. And yeah. Anything to add in closing? Uh, just w one other brief comment, which is that uh, I was talking with people today about the value of creating content. So just uh, if anybody out there has a message to say, as you and I were talking about it, um, you know, more people should create content. If you have something to say, um, it's really valuable, especially in, in, the, in the sort of blockchain cryptocurrency world right now. There's a lot of terrible information. So if you, have, something, if you have good information to share... I encourage everybody in the Bitcoin Cash community to just put it out there, and especially in the form of video, because video is is really easy for beginners to watch a video and understand what you're saying, like it's coming from a real person. Uh, so yeah, just create more content. Yep. And uh, I didn't have a printer in the hotel room, but what we're going to start doing in future videos, 
I'll hold up the private key at some point in the video. So have your Bitcoin.com wallets ready to scan the private key in the future. <laughs> and we'll give away Bitcoin cash in every video. And uh, I think we can probably overlay uh, a private key in this part of the video right now when we post it online. So uh, you'll, you'll get some free Bitcoin cash if you scan that. We'll do that every episode. So make sure to subscribe to the channel and have your Bitcoin uh, cash wallets ready to claim the free Bitcoin cash every episode. So All right. All right, we're cool. We're great to talk with you, Roger. This was awesome. Yeah, and thank you again for making your fantastic content all the time. Well, I well, really enjoy you your videos. Much. Same to you. So, thank you. All right. Stay tuned, guys.